2: And so we come to the end of Season 1 of Just Another Fanboy. This is episode number 70, and I'm your host, Steven. Now, after today, after this episode, I'm going to take two weeks off, and we will come back on Monday, January the 13th, with the first episode of Season 2. So that's it. This is the final episode of Season 1. Nothing else between now and... And January 13th. And when I say nothing, I mean apart from the occasional bonus episode here or there. We'll see. We'll see what I've got in mind. I've got some things. I've got them thing- I've got some things ruminating in my head, stuff that I might do. I will tell you, I'm going to announce right now, right here, right now. First off, you're the first ones to hear this. Those of you listening to this episode, when we come back, with season two of Just Another Fanboy, you're only going to get episodes every Monday and every Friday. I'm going to leave the middle of the week open because I have other things. I have other plans. I'm ruminating. I'm marinating. I'm gestating. I'm salivating. I'm calculating. I'm doing all this stuff, man. I'm getting it all ready for you. But before I can do any of that, I have to do this episode right here, which, is, as I said, the final episode of season one, apart from whatever bonus episodes I may put out between now and January 13th. So today for this last episode here, I want to talk about Batman, but not just any Batman, Tom King's Batman. This is part one of my conversations about Tom King's Batman. And by part one, I mean that this is, I'm going to be talking about volume one of Batman, I Am Gotham. We'll do other volumes starting in season two. But when it comes to Tom King's Batman, what you need to know about me is that I used to be a huge, huge Batman fan. Now, he always came second place to Superman. Superman's always been my number one boy. Spider-Man actually was number two. And then Batman was probably number three for a long time. I mean, when that freaking Michael Keaton movie came out, I was just so about Batman that I had a different Batman T-shirt for every day of the week. Now, I'm sure part of that had to do with the fact that because the movie was so popular, there were five or six different Batman t-shirts that you could buy, and they were all over the place. When You could walk into a freaking Sears or a Walmart or a JCPenney's and buy Batman stuff. You couldn't do that with anything else at the time, really, because that movie was huge. But I was, one of my favorite comic books of all time is Frank Miller's The Dark Knight Returns. But I fell out in love, I felt, Stephen can't talk. I fell out of love with Batman long ago. 10 years ago, maybe? I don't know. It was, there was a time in comic books where Batman turned into this godlike hero. Sure, he didn't have any superpowers, but... He was the smartest man around. He was the greatest fighter. There was nobody that he could not tackle. From freaking Kite Man all the way up to Darkseid, if Batman had enough time to plan, he could take them out. And when that first started happening, every once in a while, Batman would have to go up against some kind of global threat when he was in the Justice League. And once in a while, they would throw the idea in there that Batman was such a such a good planner and schemer and was just so clever and smart that he would take down somebody like frickin Mongol or Sinestro or somebody that's like really powerful that just your regular non superhero person shouldn't be able to take out. But Batman would do it. And you would think that that was so look at Batman. Look at him. That is so cool. Look at what he just did. But then it just became something that he always did. And whenever you'd get a few nerds around talking about who could beat up who, because that's what we do when we get around. So uh, who could win in a fight? Superman or the Hulk? You know, that kind of thing. Well, whenever Batman was brought into it, regardless of who you are putting up against Batman, whoever was defending Batman, whoever, you know, who do you think could win in a fight? Batman or Green Lantern? The, The automatic response is, well, How long does Batman have to plan? Because given the proper amount of time, Batman could take out Darkseid if need be. And that got really old for me for a long time. And then there was this thing where not only did you have that, you had just this Batman with no heart. He was grim. He was short with people. He was never, he had no heart at all. He was basically one-dimensional, dark, grim-faced, Batman, who never opened up to anybody, who was all, all, the only thing that was on his mind 24-7 was the war against crime, and nobody could deter him from that. It just got really old really quick. Well, the more I would complain about it, the more people recently would say, well, have you read Tom King's Batman? And I would say, no, I have not read Tom King's Batman, and I'm not gonna, because I'm sure it's still stupid. Well, Tom King recently wrapped up his run on Batman, and I've decided, based on some stuff that I've seen recently, I'm, I, I decided to go ahead and give his Batman a chance, and so I got Batman Volume 1, I Am Gotham. I got that from Comixology Unlimited, and I sat down, and I started to read it, and 24 hours later, I was done, and I enjoyed it. Now... It sounded kind of, had I not included that I enjoyed it part, it would have sounded bad. 24 hours in, I was done. I walked away. No, I finished it in 24 hours because I really enjoyed it. So this volume collects Batman Rebirth, number one, and Batman's issues one through six. Batman Rebirth, number one, was written by Scott Snyder and Tom King with art by Michael Jannon And then Batman one through five was written by Tom King with art by David Finch. And then Batman number six, written by Tom King with art by Ivan Rice. So Batman Rebirth, I found that issue kind of strange. And I do recall trying to read Batman Rebirth last year. And within the first two pages, you've got Bruce, Bruce Wayne hanging off of this piping around his helipad. He's like 30 stories in the air doing pull-ups with nothing beneath him. And I thought, that's stupid. That's dumb. Why, why does he need to do that? He's got a freaking Batcave. Why does he need to hang off of a building and do one-armed push-ups while he's having a business meeting with Lucius Fox? That, for someone who was getting sick of Batman being the coolest guy in the room, that was not something designed to endear me to come back to Batman. So I think that was a big part of me telling people, no, I'm not going to read Tom King's Batman because it's still stupid. I read three pages of Batman Rebirth and I still got Bruce Wayne Batman as the coolest guy in the room. And he still is that. Let me not let me just say that right now. After reading this volume, Batman still is, quote unquote, the coolest guy in the room who can beat up most anybody. Sort of. But... In essence, what I want to say about this volume is that the one thing that I feel that Tom King has brought back to Batman that I haven't seen in a while, Tom King brought man, Tom King brought back, Tom King brought back Batman's heart. That's what I got out of these six or seven issues. So like I said, in Rebirth, it's this very strange story. It's about Calendar Man and evidently Calendar Man every year he he lives for four seasons and at the end of the fourth season he molts he comes out of his shell uh the skin as a as a young person and he retains all of his memories as calendar man but he's he's slightly different and then th- so through the throughout the year he's aging and it starts all over and he has hidden some spores around Gotham I guess to try to bring spring back earlier or something I don't know I can't I really couldn't quite understand what the point of the issue was other than the fact that calendar man is creepy and batman won. So then we get into once we can get past that we get into the main batman story which is all Tom King and it introduces these two characters into Gotham City. They're basically it's basically Superman and Supergirl. It's called the the dude's called Gotham and the girl is called Gotham Girl and they are Superman level heroes. So, Batman is meeting with Commissioner Gordon. They're they're up on top of the roof and then this jetliner above them blows up. Batman tries to do what he can to save it. He basically he gets up to the to the jetliner as it's as it's crashing. It's falling from the sky and he hooks up some thrusters to it and he's on top of it trying to steer it into the river and he's doing it in such a way that everybody inside will survive. But because he is on the outside, he's he will die. He will die doing this. And it was actually a really good scene because as he's going down, he's talking to Alfred and he's basically asking Alfred, he's like, I know I'm not going to survive. Alfred says, look, what you're doing here, everyone's going to survive, but you're not going to make it. And I, I I trust that you know that. And Batman's like, yes, I know that. And I have um, in the in behind the clock or somewhere is is some letters or boxes or something I've I've prepared for Damien and Tim and Dick and all that and blah, 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 and all this stuff. And and uh do you think my father would be proud of me? It was really it was a really good scene. But then Gotham and Gotham Girl come in and save the day. We go from there to uh Solomon Grundy. Gotham and Gotham Girl are trying to take out Solomon Grundy and they don't do it quick enough. Batman swoops in, takes him out and he basically tells them, you know, you could have done this quicker if you're going to do this, do it better. And Gotham says, look, we want to do it better. You need. Can you teach us? Can you teach us how to do it better? In the meantime, some guy comes into uh, Commissioner Gordon's office and tells him that he is the one that let Solomon Grundy loose. And then he stabs himself on the throat with a letter opener and says, the monster men are coming. From there, we get Gotham, Gotham and Gotham Girls' origin. It was a really nice scene because it basically mirrors Batman's origin. It doesn't involve Gotham Girl. They're brother and sister. So the boy who's a little older is with his parents. They're in they're down, you know, they they go down and they're in Gotham. They go down an alley. They get mugged. You think they're gonna die. And then Batman swoops in and saves them. And there's this really nice scene where Batman tells them after he knocks out the guy, he says an ambulance is on the way. You're not hurt but let them check you. After they leave, you're going to be scared. Scared for a while. And that's fine. Be scared. Everyone gets scared. But remember, all that means is everyone gets the opportunity to fight that fear. Everyone gets the chance to be brave. I love that. I love that scene because instead of what you, you what you would used to get is Batman would come in and he would save them and they'd go, thank you, Batman. And he would just, and he'd, he'd swing off. Like, I'm not... I'm only here to fight the bad guy. I actually don't care about saving you. I'm just here to stop crime. And you're an idiot for going down the... He probably would have chastised them for walking down an alley when they shouldn't have. But this Batman shows heart. And he actually gives them a bit of uh, advice. He tries to help them more than just taking out the bad guy. I really enjoyed that. I also really enjoyed Alfred. The way Tom King writes Alfred, it reminds me a bit of... If you remember... And I can't remember the exact scene, but there's a scene in the very first Iron Man movie where Iron Man is talking to Jarvis, his the artificial intelligence that runs his house. And Jarvis, being a computer, is still he he has a bit of sarcasm programmed programmed into him. And that's what that's how I read Jarvis. And there there's like a scene where there it's after the Solomon Grundy and the airplane thing and Batman's in the Batcave and and Alfred's trying to get him to come upstairs because they have all these guests at the manor for some big gala event. And Batman says, Alfred, the plane, Grundy, two new Superman. And Alfred says, yes, Gotham City descends into chaos. What a shock, sir. And there are still 200 guests who have been waiting an hour. Batman says, fine, but I'm not staying long. And Alfred's response is, another shock, sir. How my heart survives I shall never know. Now, of course, you gotta you got picture that with a with an English accent. That makes it a lot funnier. There's also a really great scene with because you learn at one point that everything that's kind of going on with these explosions, because they're because a bridge explodes, a building explodes, there and the, the whole monster men thing. You you find out that Professor Hugo Strange and Psycho Pirate are behind it. But furthermore, they may have been brought to Gotham. Through the Suicide Squad project, whatever that actual project is called, and Amanda Waller, and so we we see Amanda Waller, and she's at her she's sitting at this desk, and she's playing on her phone, and General Lane, I think is a general, uh, Lois Lane's dad, he's there, and he's he's talking to her and he says let's be honest amanda we don't actually have to worry about him he's not going to connect this incident with us and even if he did this site isn't on any books he can't find us and even if through a miracle he did we're a mile below gotham a mile of concrete steel vaults and the best security the u.s can buy or blackmail. And she tries to interrupt him. And she says, Lane. And he just keeps going. And he says, I got six blockbuster level guys guarding just that door alone. The dang Batman isn't going to touch us. He doesn't say dang, but I don't I don't curse up on this here show. And Waller interrupts him again. She says, Lane, the dang Batman is behind you. And there he is. He's standing right behind General Lane. And he just looks at Amanda and he says, Ms. Waller, And Waller says, Batman. And then Lane pulls his gun. Batman disarms him, smashes his head against the wall. So it knocks him out and just tells Miss Waller, I think it's time we talked. That was, you know, that is a Batman's the coolest guy in the room and he can get through anything and he can do anything he wants. Yes, that was in there. But because of these other moments where we see Batman and we see now that he still he actually has a art, uh, uh, He actually has a heart. I can look I can enjoy that stuff a lot more. So eventually Psycho Pirate and Hugo Strange gets to Gotham and Gotham Girl and using his emotional manipulation powers, he basically Gotham Girl is just filled with fear whereas Gotham is filled with anger and he kills all these soldiers and Psycho Pirate and, and Strange or at least somebody connected to them kills Gotham and Gotham girl's parents. And so he's trying to find them and kill them. Batman tries to stop him and he ends up having to call in the Justice League, which was also kind of nice. Batman may not have done that in the past, but he calls in for help. And we learn that the two bought their powers. We don't know anything beyond that. We don't know who they bought them from, what what any of that means. But part of the price for their powers is their life. The more they use their powers, the shorter their life becomes. And I think Gotham Girl puts it basically like you can be you can live as Superman for two years. You can be an average person and live for decades or you can be a god for two minutes, something like that. She realizes that there's no way that the Justice League is going to be able to stop him. Because he has decided, she's, she realizes that he has decided that he's going to do whatever he can to clean up Gotham. And he'll use up all his powers to do it. And so she goes and she stops him and he ends up dying. So then we get the last issue, number six, with the art by Ivan Reese. And at this point, Gotham is dead. Gotham girl, Claire, I think her name is, she goes through a bit of a. She goes through a bit of a Britney Spears phase. She uh, she's a she's a little off now at this point. She shaves her head. She's now flying around Gotham with uh, Gotham's mask, the her brother's mask, and she's saving people. But she's talking to Gotham. She's talking to her brother at the same time. During this issue, though, there's a really great Kite Man sequence. There's just this page where Kite Man flies into this like this room in this penthouse. He just crashes through the window, snatches this necklace from this woman, and he says, Kite Man, as he snatches it, and then he jumps out the window. And as he's flying away, he's like, hell yeah, Kite Man. But then Gotham Girl is there, and she snatches him up. Well, Batman finds her, and this is where it all just comes together. Batman, again, opening his heart. He opens up to her. He tells her who he is. He takes his mask off and he tells her that he's Bruce Wayne and how his parents died and what it did to him and how he understands what she's going through. And and then she just, she starts crying and she tells him that she misses her brother and he's just, he's just there holding her. And he tells her, I know. And it's just such a good, very nice scene. Something I feel like we haven't seen anything. Maybe we have. I I haven't read any Batman in 10 or 15 years because I got sick of him. Maybe we have seen stuff like this from Batman in the last decade or so, but I haven't because at one point Batman got on my nerves. But I'm glad, I'm really glad that I read this. I'm glad that I listened to peer pressure and I jumped on the wagon because this was really good. So the next one in uh the next one in line is going to be Batman volume 2, but before that there's a a trade called Batman And then something about the Night of the Monster Men or something like that. I think I'm going to read that one next. So that's going to be coming in season two. There's going to be all kinds of stuff coming in season two. I got a whole list of stuff that I'm going to try to read during 2020 and talk about on season two. I have other plans for other stuff. So we'll talk about that as they happen. I'm not going to try to reveal anything and then find out that I don't end up doing it. But that's it. That's your episode. That's your season. That's we're wrapping up. Season one with Batman, the character that I have for the longest time said I'm done with. And yet, here I am, back on board. So we'll see you again in 2020, folks. Aside for the occasional bonus episode here and there. But other than that, we'll see you on the 13th. Alright, I'm just another fanboy. My name is Steven. Be nice to each other. See you next year. I'm out. Daddy. Good job. <gasps>